united we stand, in God we trust, there is no fear. United we stand, in God we trust, there is no fear. There is no fear. There is no fear. brand new episode of Winning Streak Weekly. I'm your host, Jason Law, and we have the band back together this week. We've got Badlands Brandon, our producer extraordinaire and contributor, and then old Big Daddy C-1000 finally shows his head here in week two of college football. Big Daddy C, you've been staying out of those hornets' nests? Oh yeah, that was miserable last week. I'd I'd ran over a, a group of hornets and they attacked me. I thought I was being electrocuted when they got a hold of me and uh it had me down and out, but I'm uh I'm juiced up and I'm ready to go tonight. Got some good picks and uh we're gonna have some winners this week. Winners, winners, winners. Badlands Brandon. What about you? What's the biggest hazard in your line of work? Uh, Trip, tripping over one of your kids' toys? Well, it's either that or slipping on a tee in the shop. Those are about the two of my main hazards I've got, I guess. But uh, I try to keep the Legos off the floor and the tees in the cup. So as long as I do that, I should be on. All right, Big Daddy C, I've been absolutely on fire to start college football. Went six out of eight in week zero and then went six out of seven. And uh, week one on the picks we gave out, I don't need you coming here messing up this mojo. It's going good, so you better have some good picks for us. All right. You got it. What about you? How did you do the first couple of weeks? I know you went one and one in your big-time plays you gave last week for me to deliver on the show. Yeah, one and one, and I've never been more disappointed in a defensive effort than that Louisville gave in that last series. Uh, I think me and you were watching, and you were talking to our buddy Bully, and you were telling him, that you needed Louisville to miss that field goal, and, and I knew it. I was thinking the same thing. The last thing we wanted was them up by two scores, and uh, they got that two scores up, and my goodness. I mean, there was just absolutely no defense. It was one of the worst efforts I think I've ever seen in my life, so uh, that didn't help any. But I say so far I'm about even. It ain't been a good, but, but it ain't been bad. So just hanging in there right now. Badlands, Brandon, did you stick to the plan last week? Yeah, I tried to stick to the plan this week. Uh, didn't deviate a whole lot. Um, I cashed two tickets over the weekend. Uh, the rest are the other four tickets. Uh, I, you know, I didn't do bad picking the games, but I've got to do better at picking them in parlays together. You know, if you don't pick the right ones in that parlay, it'll end your, uh, it'll end your spirit pretty quick. Um, but if I would have just played them straight up, I would have probably had a lot better, uh, lot better record. But on the parlay front, it was uh, two tickets cashed and six tickets not cashed, so not really the uh, best go of it. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. Sometimes it's better just to load them up straight. Uh, parlays, you know, you gotta have it all go right. All right, let's get right after it. Let's get to the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's going to be a week one of college football themed good, bad, and ugly. Start with the good. Prime time. 
prime time. Prime time. Coach Prime brought those Buffaloes into TCU, the team that had played in the national championship game last year, albeit they lost their quarterback and one of their coordinators. But uh, still, a heavy favorite, three-touchdown favorite was TCU. Did not matter to those HBC uh, transfer portal players uh, that came in there. Uh, Deion Sun, 510 yards passing, four touchdowns. Had one guy playing both ways for Colorado, interception, and uh, over 100 receiving yards and a touchdown. It was an entertaining game, probably the game of uh, week one. And then prime time, like you said, we're coming. We're coming. And they came. One as a 21-point underdog. Bad Lance, we didn't see him winning last week. Um, what about you, Big Daddy? You, you, you seem to like Colorado going in. Yeah, I did. I let that my dummy buddy bully talk me off of him. I, I really thought that they had a chance. I mean, he all he kept telling me is they've gotten rid of all their players. How can they be any good? And I was thinking in my head, they got rid of all their players because they were all stinking lousy. They were one two game, one or two games last year. They got rid of all their players. They gotta be better. But I didn't get on that one. Uh I'm really disappointed in myself because that would have been a, a rocking chair win with the the points you got, but man, I tell you this, it was a great game to watch. I watched almost every play of it. It was a, a really good game. A lot of fun. Uh, you know, all the excitement in the offseason, a lot of the excitement in the offseason was around Dion going out west to Colorado. Colorado in the Pac-12 this year, but as the Pac-12 has disintegrated, Colorado bolted back to the Big 12 starting next year. So this is that was a futuristic matchup there between two soon-to-be conference opponents. Colorado, Coach Prime, the good. What a win. What a win to start the season for and the tenure in Colorado for Coach Prime. The bad? Well, let's go right to uh, Sunday night. The standalone game, LSU and Florida State. A lot of hype in this game. Uh, heading into the game, Brian Kelly, who I absolutely can't stand and think uh, is absolutely a fish out of water down there in Louisiana, he said, we're going to go kick Florida State's ass. Hmm. How'd that work out? Those comments aren't aging too well there, Coach Kelly. Not only did LSU not kick Florida State's ass, Florida State kicked their ass, especially in the second half when it looked like those five stars, those four stars out of that transfer portal that Brian Kelly brought in were out of gas. Uh, it looked like he, they were out of condition, uh, outplayed by Florida State, laid down, and then certainly looked like Brian Kelly himself was outcoached with the halftime adjustment by Mike Norvell. Big win for the old Memphis coach, Big Daddy C. Norvell. You know, we were worried about him getting ousted so they'd make room for Dion at Florida State. I think he's got him going the right direction for sure now. What do you say? Absolutely. There's no question that guy can make a team a winner. I mean, he did it here at Memphis, and, and he turned them around and, and really made the, the program stand out. And he's doing it down there at Florida State. I mean, he's had them going last year, and wow, what a what a great start to this year to get that win underneath their belt. Uh, I'd say they're going to have a hard time getting him out of there anytime soon. I'd say they're the favorite now. And with Clemson, which we'll get to in the ugly, losing, I would say Florida State is a favorite, prohibited favorite in the ACC. 
Badlands, one last thing on the bad here. What did you think? How bad was that LSU effort? I mean, it was super bad, and there was no doubt about it. And, you know, during his press conference, you know, when you make a statement to the press that basically says we're going to beat the living hell out of them, you just put yourself out on the line right there. So you need to have your guys and your coaching staff all on the same page ready to go down there and uh, beat a good Florida State team. And it was just a terrible comment by Kelly. And, you know, I was reading some of the LSU forums, and all you see on it is fire Kelly, fire Kelly, fire Kelly, fire Kelly. And, you know, I'm really kind of like you. I'm starting to think that that may not be the wrong call. You know, he is a fish out of water down there. But I think when you make a comment like that, you need to be – pretty damn certain that your guys are going to at least make it a close game. But not only was it a close game, it was a blowout. Um, absolutely. The LSU team looked very uh, not conditioned very well and just uh, not flying to the ball like they should have. And Florida State exposed that. So uh, Brian Kelly in this week's press conference may not want to come out and make another uh, statement like that, or it might really come back to bite him. The bad LSU wilting. In that Central Florida second half heat. And the ugly, let's talk about these Clemson Tigers who have now officially fallen from grace. Last year, they still won the conference. They didn't make it to the playoff for the first time. You felt like, you know, hey, this maybe was a one off. Uh, they trade out DJU, their quarterback, to uh, Oregon State, who had a huge game and is in the Heisman conversation after week one. Um, and then they go to Duke, conference game, standalone Monday night game, only game in town, everybody watching. Clemson only a 10-point favorite, nine and a half in the game. Uh, so it wasn't expected to be fairly close, uh, but it wasn't. It was a blowout, but it wasn't a blowout by Clemson. It was a second-half blowout by Duke. And I'm going to tell you, Dabo gets a blame here. He has not been able to adjust to the new world which is transfer portal. You have to be recruiting all the time. It's not just recruiting high school kids, bring them into your program, bring them along and develop them. He'd had no weapons at wide receiver, nothing. Shipley's all he had, and Shipley, Shipley needs to be a B receiver. Where's Sammy Watkins and the guys of the past that he used to have? Well, he should have been in that transfer portal getting some explosive players. He didn't do it. And Clemson looks pedestrian at best. Beyond that, they didn't look well prepared because they made mistake after mistake after mistake. The ugly, Big Daddy C, I give it to Clemson. Uh, am I too hard on them, or or, or is Dabo really uh, behind the times? And uh, well, uh, this is going to be a lost season. I was season kind of shocked. Clemson. You know, I'm glad I at least had enough sense to stay away from the game. I'd lost uh, that LSU game the day before, so I was at least smart enough to stay off of that one. But uh, I, I thought it might be a year you fade Duke. I thought Duke's fluke might have been last year, that they might not be good again. But, wow, I mean, oh, uh, I'd say watch out for Duke the rest of the year. Yeah, Duke looked really good. Quarterback looked good. I've got an under six-and-a-half season win total bet on Duke. You can really basically light that on fire right now. They're going to have some success in the ACC. Uh, close us out, Badlands. What was your take on Clemson, and, and where do, where does Dabo go with the rest of this season? 
uh, you know, the first thing I got to say is what a sh shout out to Mike Elko. Um, I think Mike Elko has done a phenomenal job, uh, especially the way he turned uh, or started uh, turning Duke around last season. And, you know, it's always a good sign when you can come out in week one and beat a team like Clemson. But I'm going to tell you, the way that Duke spreads the field, which is not really typical if you watch Duke over the past couple of years when Cutcliffe and the rest of them were there, they were more of kind of a run-based offense. But, uh, you know, the way they spread the field and get receivers open and get them at open space for yards after catch, I think that's huge. So a uh, big hats off to Duke uh, for their effort there. I, you know, that was great. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, like you said, Dabo's still trying to find where he uh, – where to go right now. You know, he kind of looks like he's in outer space just trying to figure out which direction he wants to go. Um, I think it's going to be a long, long year for Clemson because if Duke was able to expose them, what is the rest of the ACC going to do with them? Um, so, you know, this could be a down year for uh, Dabo and the Clemson squad. Yeah, and Dabo, I might add, looks like he had a few dozen too many donuts in the offseason. He's almost as big as me now, Dabo. My goodness. Dabo and Chip Kelly – they grew the most in the offseason, just not in the right way. All right, we're going to grab a quick break. When we come back, this is an action-packed show. We're going to jump right into college football. And then after the college football conversation, we will look at week one NFL. Don't go anywhere. I said united we stand and God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand and God we trust. I said, United, we stand, and God, we trust. There is no fear. United, we stand, and God, we trust. There is no fear. Welcome back to the podcast, Winning Streak Weekly. Whether you've caught us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or maybe on your FM dial. 101.3 The Buzz in Cleveland, Tennessee, where we're on drive time every Thursday afternoon. We are glad you are here. Now, last Thursday, we had a big game on Thursday night. I really like UCF to get after it and tear up Kent State. I told our listeners on 101.3 The Buzz, you better pull over. Pull over. Get that DraftKings app up, and let's get a bet in before this game starts on Thursday night. I hope you did because it was a big, big winner to start the week. Uh, this Thursday night, tonight, I don't really have a big play tonight. Well, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to pass it to Badlands. Badlands, go through a few games of interest that you have this week. I'll chime in, and then I'll throw out a few games of college uh, interest that I have this week. Well, one of my first ones is uh, going to be my squad out of uh, – Central Mississippi, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, they'll be welcoming home Arizona, uh, University of Arizona. The Wildcats come into town. Um, a quick thing that I have on MSU. Um, I was really disappointed in the uh, really most of the first half with Mississippi State. Uh, I think Will Rogers looked really rattled out there. And I, you know, let's give the guy a little bit of a break. He spent three years in the air raid, so. Um, he's had to uh, kind of readjust himself to running uh, Kevin Barbe's new 
uh, offensive scheme out there. But he just really looked rattled in that first half. Uh, didn't look comfortable sitting back in the pocket, made some bad throws, overthrew some receivers that we uh, shouldn't have done. But the one thing I am going to applaud MSU on is when they came out in the second half, everything started jiving a little bit better. Um, we got the run game going. It was our first game, or our first game, I think, in almost, I think they said it was eight years that we went over 350 yards rushing um, with a running back. So I think that was, you know, or between rushing or uh, quarterback and running back. So I think that was huge um, that we started to reestablish the run. It's kind of like getting back to the old days with Jackie Sher, um just playing smash mouth football, which is what uh, MSU's always been known for. But up to this game, um, a big win over Southeast Louisiana, and now Arizona comes in. I think we're going to see a little bit more out of Arizona than we did out of Southeast Louisiana. Um, we played them last year out in Arizona, and their quarterback, I can't think of uh, his first name, but I know his last name is DeLuca. Um, a really talented guy, actually threw the ball really well. I think the only reason we were pretty successful in that game was because of the air raid. Um, and, you know, I think we wore their secondary out, and that's what really helped us in that game. Um, I would like to see MSU start taking some deeper shots downfield. Uh, we threw a couple, couldn't find anybody on the other end. But uh, definitely going to be an interesting game here. So that line has um, dropped from 11 down to 9.5. So some people might think Arizona might have a shot in this one. Uh, I like Mississippi State minus 9.5. I expect a similar result, which is getting the offensive line and the quarterback and the running back all in sync. Um, I think we're going to run the ball and throw the ball quite a bit. It'll be a nice 50-50 mix. I don't think Arizona's defense is going to be able to stand up to that. So in that one, I really like State laying the nine. Well, uh, stability edge goes to Arizona. They're they they've got the stability advantage by ten over Mississippi State. A lot of that though was because of the coaching staff changes at Mississippi State and loss of starters. Um, Mississippi State did look good last week. Line has come down. That's one I won't be getting involved in. You can't. There's a ton of these stability edges this week. That's one of them, but not one of them I'm going to choose to play. All right, you like Mississippi State laying just below ten, nine, nine and a half. What's next on the plate? So next, we have Mississippi State's arch rival, the school up north, as they travel down to New Orleans to play Tulane Greenway. They scored 73 last week. 73, 73 points last week Ole Miss scored. Yeah, they scored 73 points on uh, Mercer Junior High School. Um, That was a, a little bit of a joke game I thought I mean Mercer good lord hell I didn't even hear of Mercer University till like five years ago I mean I didn't really know anything about Mercer um but now to give Ole Miss credit uh Jackson Dart their quarterback he did have a nice game uh threw for a lot of yards I hate to give Ole Miss props but I guess I will just for the sake of the show um a lot more athleticism at uh Ole Miss than at Mercer and that really showed especially later in the game now granted Mercer did give them a little bit of scare when they ran that uh, kickoff back for a touchdown and tied it at seven. So I, I got excited there for a brief moment, but it was soon crushed by that uh, powerful Ole Miss offense. Um, but this week's going to be a lot different, a lot different. Um, Tulane is one of those teams that I think over the past year or two has really started to 
make a make a turn in their program and really start bringing in some talent and uh you know i don't want to compare them all the way to utah i mean they are a gritty team they don't really lay down um so we're going to find out exactly how good that old miss squad is this year um uh this one uh old miss is laying seven and a half on the road at two lane uh i know the overwhelming majority is probably gonna remember that 73 to three uh beat down old miss gave you uh to Mercer, but I'm going to flip the script in this one and take Tulane catching the seven and a half. I think Tulane's going to be in front of their home crowd. Um, you know, I think they want to try to make a statement early on in the year. I believe they're ranked 22 or 23, 24, somewhere around in that range. So uh, they are getting some love from the AP poll. Um, and any time that is, you know, you may want to give them a look, but I like Tulane here in this position at home, make a statement game. Uh, knock off an SEC West opponent, which is always huge for anybody's season. Whether you can knock them off in the West, that's always a big deal. But I really like Tulane here, so I'm going to take Tulane catching the seven and a half. Tulane returns uh, 14 starters. Uh, no, I'm sorry. 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 Yeah, 14 starters from last year and their quarterback and their head coach. They did lose both their coordinators off the success of last season who went on to bigger opportunities. Ole Miss very stable too. Uh, they come back with a big stability number. So a couple of veteran teams here ought to be a good game to watch. Um, it really just comes down to you think Tulane has the talent to, to hang with Ole Miss. I, I, I don't. I think uh, Ole Miss – will probably take care of business here and win this thing by two or three touchdowns. But I'm not going to take Ole Miss. Uh, no stability edge for Ole Miss to speak of, and I hate them just like you, so I'll be pulling for your two-lane play. What about Texas A&M and Miami? I had A&M last week. I told you I thought they'd get after it, and they did. They worked real hard against a good, let me tell you, a good New Mexico team. Scored 50-plus points, covered the spread, New Mexico, we will look at hard later on in this year, season, and we'll find some spots to play them. Now they go on the road at Miami, Texas A&M, laying four. I've got big season-long bets on a and I'm just going to sit back on this game. If Texas, if Texas A&M does win it, they'll be uh, well on track for my season-long plays on A&M. What do you think as they go into South Beach, um, Aggies and the Hurricanes? Well, this one was a little bit of interest to me because as we talked about in the preview show, I kind of dogged on Texas A&M and uh, Jimbo Fisher uh, just because I thought they've had talent over the past few years and they've been unable to do anything with it. I can say in that New Mexico State game, though, they played a complete game. They didn't uh, put it on cruise control. They kept their foot on the gas the whole time, which I think is going to be crucial for their success in the SEC this year. Um but again, I'm going to give credit to New Mexico State. That is one heck of a uh, football program, um, you know, and they gave Texas A&M, which I thought was an absolutely great game. Um, this is one that kind of caught my eye after that New Mexico State game. I still think Miami is down. Um, uh, they were down. Uh, they were down last year a little bit, and I just think Texas A&M. This might be their year that they can turn things around and get on the mend and. Uh, possibly make a run for the West, especially after LSU was exposed the way they are um, in week one. Texas A&M's laying four on here. That line, I think, I thought it was a little bit low myself. I thought it should probably be Texas A&M minus uh, 
minus a touchdown, maybe even 10 points. I just don't believe in uh, uh, Miami much this year. The line's a little a little bit tricky. The over-under is 51. Um, I love Texas A&M in this spot going down to South Beach. I really do. I don't think the uh, rain or the hurricane is going to affect this Texas A&M squad. Uh, so I like Texas A&M here laying the four. Well, A&M, uh, you know, maybe some people are thinking uh, it didn't work out so well for SEC versus ACC in, in the state of Florida last week with that LSU-Florida uh, State game. So maybe that um, maybe that subconsciously has something to do with why this line is lower. But uh, let's hope A&M and Bobby Petrino in the range on the offense. Offense looked good. Quarterback looked good. Defense looked solid. And I'm telling you, that New Mexico team, they're tough. They're going to be, they're going to be a play here later on in the year. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump to uh, my big play of the week, uh, and then I'll, then I'll tell you about Big Daddy C's big play of the week. But my big play of the week, hands down, hands down, it is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Nebraska, um, they're sitting in wait. You know, all week long, Coach Prime making media tours, talking about we told you we were coming. All those players hopped up. They just went on the road. They just beat TCU, who played the national championship game last year. Such a great story. Everybody, when they got back to campus, all the girls, all the women, ooh and ah, and all over the players, you know, hanging, got a girl on each arm. Nebraska lost a heartbreaker last week at Minnesota. Played their guts out against a highly ranked, Minnesota team, two turnovers in the fourth quarter, killed them. They lost the game because of it. I know I got a coaching advantage with Matt Rule. Originally, Nebraska was a 10-point favorite in this game before the season started. It's moved all the way now after last week to Colorado being a three-point favorite. Give me Matt Rule. Give me an upset Nebraska team. They've got film this week. They can watch what uh, was done to TCU and prepare better for Colorado than TCU was able to prepare for Colorado. Moving the chips in, my number one play of the week, take Nebraska and those three points. I love the Huskers. What say you, Badlands? What says me is no, 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 no. What says me is Love that, the Huskers. No. No. And, you know, and again, uh, what's his son's name? Shawder. Shawder Sanders threw for 510 yards against the TCU team, was dropping dimes all over the field. I know that Nebraska's got film from that TCU game. I don't think it matters. I think Dion has got these guys believing that they can compete with anybody in the country. I think Nebraska is just going to be another one that they can just check off the list after they've taken down TCU. I think they're going to check Nebraska off the list. I expect Shelter to come out and put on another performance against uh, Nebraska. I know Matt Rule. I like the guy. I think he's a great coach, but the coach don't get to play the game. He just gets to call it from the sidelines. I love Colorado in this position. I'm thinking about taking them in a parlay uh, with A&M, with A&M only laying four. So, Usually we are uh, in agreeing on the last couple of shows, but on this one we are not in agreement at all. 
All I can say is buyer beware. Uh, Colorado was the play last week. I don't think they are this week. I love Nebraska. He's going to jump and ride that Colorado again. Uh, we'll see how that works out. But I'm telling you, love, love, love Nebraska. What's next on your plate, Big Daddy C? I mean, not Big Daddy C, excuse me. Badlands, Brandon. Well, as much as I hate to bring this game up, God, I'm going to. The Baylor Bears. Oh, God, what can we say about them other than absolutely pathetic? That's the only word that comes to my mind when I say Baylor right now is pathetic. So Baylor squared up against Texas State uh, last Saturday afternoon. Uh, really liked Baylor in that game. I thought Blake Shapin was going to come out and have a great game. And what happened, not only did Baylor fail to cover, Baylor got annihilated by Texas State. So, a couple of things on this game. Number one, the offense for Baylor was not horrible. I'll put, I'll say that. Blake Shapin still threw for over 315 yards until he tore his MCL. So, he is out. But... Word from a family member who works down at Baylor uh, in the athletic department said that they were going to bench Shapin anyway after that Texas State loss. So not only was he getting benched, now he tore his MCL, and now they're playing the former MSU backup, Sawyer Robinson. So the problem, what is wrong with Baylor? Let's go to that. What's wrong with Baylor? The offensive line, poor Blake Shapin was having to absolutely run for his life. Every play snapped the ball, and they were in the backfield. Shapin was having to just run left, right, trying to find uh, receivers to check down guys. That Baylor offensive line is a joke. Me, you, and Big Daddy C could easily be in the backfield against that Baylor offensive line. It is absolutely horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. The other thing that was bad for Baylor that you don't want to see is a terrible, a terrible defensive line. Texas State running back averaged 11.7 yards a carry in this game. 11.7 yards a carry in this game. You ain't going to win many football games when your running back is giving up 11 or your defensive line is giving up 11.7 yards every time he touches the football. So what a horrible, horrible effort. Jason, we screwed up last year. We should have taken whatever the season total was for Baylor and mortgaged our houses and our vehicles and put it all on the under for Baylor this year. So Utah opens up as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite on the road down in Waco, and I love the Utes here. I think Baylor's problems stem much deeper than anybody realizes. I think Dave Aranda probably knows it. Um he said in his press conference he did not even know where to start after that Texas State game. When your head coach says he doesn't even know where to start, that's a problem. So in this game, you go with what you know. The trend is your friend. We know the offensive line ain't no good. We know the defensive line ain't no good. We know our starting quarterback's hurt. You're playing a backup. Everything points to Utah. Lay the seven and a half with Utah, and you will be a winner. Well, so here's the deal with me on this game. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm afraid to take Utah here. Coming off the big Thursday night win, probably still going to rest Cam Rising, um, and you know, definitely the time to bet against Baylor was last week. 
with the quarterback change due to injury here, all that stuff. But one thing that Baylor did do last week was move the ball. They had 520 yards offense. And Utah also moved the ball, but they had a. It was a weird game that Utah Florida game it ended up going under because of uh, tur- turnovers in the red zone when people were going in to score. I'm going to dip my toe in the water here on this game and take the over 47, over 47 in this game, and say some points or score. All right, Big Daddy C had to roll. But he gave us a couple of picks. This is one of them. He likes Arkansas over Kent State. Arkansas, a 38-point favorite in this one. Well, Kent State, we talked about last week, zero on the stability factor. Everything new, a whole turnaround. While they did move the ball at times against UCF, Arkansas is probably a better team than UCF. So let's just go with the Hogs here. Laying the 38. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Kent State may be the worst team in FBS. Uh, Big Daddy C's has laid the 38 with the Razorbacks. I got two picks here, and then I'll let Big Daddy's, I'll let Badlands Brandon close out uh, college football for us. But I'm going to go to the stability factor plays. Ohio at Florida Atlantic. Ohio's got a 13 advantage on the stability factor. All right? So we're going to take Ohio, who's already getting five. I like them in a teaser. Let's tease them up through the key numbers of six, seven, eight, and ten. Tease them to plus 11 and pair them with another stability advantage game. Georgia Southern, a nine stability advantage over UAB. UAB goes to Georgia Southern. One of the most high-profile opponents of the year that Georgia Southern will have play and certainly at home they're going to be jacked for this game and they have a um, senior laden squad they're a five and a half point favorite over UAB I'm going to tease them down to plus a half a point or just to win the game so there's my two game stability advantage teaser that I love Ohio teasing they're getting five let's tease them up to plus 11 and then Georgia Southern is laying five and a half let's tease them down to a pick them. Uh, both games are, uh, out of the stability advantage of archives here, and I, I'm proud to put those out as a teaser. Now, there are lots of stability advantage games. Last week it went nine. Stability advantage games went nine and six. We did better than that because a couple of them we threw out. <clears throat> one of them would have been TCU over Colorado, but we didn't know what Colorado had, so I didn't put that one out. If you want to see all the stability advantage matchups, go to vsin, vsin.com, search stability, <coughs> and you can see the articles. Badlands, take us out of here. What's your, what's your last college game you want to talk about today? So the only other one uh, that I've got, the only other one that I've got that really struck a chord with me was uh, Georgia. So Georgia played Tennessee right. Martin. Georgia played Tennessee Martin last week and won forty-eight to seven. Um, now Beck played the majority of the game, uh, two hundred ninety-four, twenty-one for thirty-one, and I thought he looked really, really good. Uh, 
they get a ball state team this week that I think is way overmatched <laughs> and way overpowered in this one. Um, I have the line. Do you have it real quick, Jason? I don't know where mine went. Who we got? Georgia and who's Ball Georgia State. playing? Ball State. Ball Georgia State. forty-two and a half over under fifty-three. Yeah, I think this forty-two one's and easy. a half I think over go, under fifty-three. Yeah, this is easy. I think you go. I think you go, and you can either play this a couple of ways. I don't think you'll be a loser either way. I think you can take Georgia laying the points, or you can take the over in this one. I think Georgia started out a little bit slow in that first quarter um, against uh, their opponent last week, and I think Ball State is going to have no answer um, defensively or secondary-wise for Georgia, for Beck, for uh, what's the guy's name, Brock? Uh, Bowers or whatever his name is, the big tight end they've got that they almost utilize like a wide receiver. Um, I think in that mindset, I think George is just going to crush their spirits this week. My play, though, is going to be on the over. Uh, Tennessee Martin was able to put seven up. I'm just hoping maybe for, a, a, you know, maybe a turnover uh, by Georgia that will allow maybe Ball State to put some points on the board. But I think the over is definitely the play here. I think Georgia's going to come out and they're going to really flex their muscle against Ball State this week. Well, if you get a spirited effort, a four-quarter effort out of Georgia, they might go over on their own. I don't know that Ball State's going to score on Georgia uh, at all, much less 10 points, and that's what you really need uh, to get it over. So I don't know. That one's a that one's one I can I can let go by the wayside. But I'll be pulling for you there, Badlands. I'll be pulling for you. All right. So when we come back, we are going to dive into the NFL. You are listening to the podcast Winning Streak Weekly. I said united we stand and pod we trust. There is no fear. United we stand and God we trust. There is no Said united we stand and God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand and God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand and God. Welcome back to Winning Streak Weekly, the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and always on 101.3 The Buzz. Cleveland, Tennessee on your FM dial. Drive time on Thursday afternoon. Badlands, I am stoked and ready for the NFL. It's kind of like we've got an appetizer in week zero and week one. We get another little appetizer here in week two before college gets into their conference schedule. But the NFL, there's no beating around the bush. Tonight, defending Super Bowl champions, minus Kelsey, it would appear, uh, taking on the upstart and the uh, NFC North favored Detroit Lions. Uh, line all the way down now to Kansas City, just a four and a half point favorite. 
Kansas City, the, what's the defensive guy, the lineman from Mississippi State, Jones, uh, his name? Chris Jones. He's out too. So I like the points and I like the lines. Now, I did get on it earlier in the week before Kelsey was declared out and heard him uh, for this game. Or he's actually not declared out. Doubtful. Uh, he's not going to play much. I don't think he'll play at all. I had plus six and a half with the Lions. But I'm excited to get NFL going tonight. I'll give you a pick. It's not one of my top plays of the week, but I'm playing it. And it is uh, the Detroit Lions plus the points in Kansas City. Badlands, you ready to get this NFL train rolling? Well, usually I let you and Big Daddy handle the uh, NFL for the most part. I chime in on occasion. But this year I am excited. Uh, we've got four uh, – Four big survivor tickets out there. Uh, we each have to survive each week, uh, get to the end of the season, and uh, hopefully if we play it right, uh, we'll all be splitting a uh, a real nice, uh, real nice extra large deluxe pizza that we can all take a, take a bite out of. But uh, we got to get through that week one. So for this NFL season, I'm pretty pumped for this one. Yeah, so – we are doing a show Survivor play. So we bought four tickets in DraftKings Survivor at $100 a piece. And uh, we are we each have a ticket that we're controlling. And we're going to, at the end, we'll chop up the money of one of us, or maybe all of us, very, 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 very unlikely, make it to the end and we're the last one standing. Uh, we will post those, our plays that we'll be doing on Survivor. I'll be posting our Survivor weekly plays on our Twitter handle at WStreak Weekly every Sunday right after kickoff. Now, we're not going to give them out on the show because there's a lot of crafty listeners out there that might be tracking our action. And Survivor is every man for himself, okay? So we're going to hold those close to the best, and we'll talk about them after the fact each week. But I will post on Twitter uh, our four plays this week on Sunday just after kickoff. So. Um, with that in mind, Badlands, with that in mind, let's talk about Sunday now. One of my favorite games of the week, one of my big plays right here stares in the face at 1 o'clock. Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Steelers are good. Defense is great. I expect um, Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers to get punched in the mouth. I think Brock Purdy may very well regress this year. Uh, I know he won all those games in a row when he came in as a third stringer last year. I think he just caught lightning in a bottle. I'll uh, I'll take uh, I'll take the Steelers. I'll take Mike Tomlin, and I'll take that Steelers D. I like them plus the two points uh, in that one o'clock game. Love 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 the Steelers. Jump on them. Tennessee Titans at New Orleans Saints. Saints now uh, got on a quarterback. It's just going to be like when Drew Brees went over there from the Chargers. Now that um, L.A. sent over, uh, what's the Saints quarterback? My goodness, what's his name? Carr. Um, Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr. So can Derek Carr revive his career and end his career uh, on a high note, like anywhere near what uh, Drew Brees did for the Saints? Well, I don't know if uh... – I don't know if he's going to be quite that good. I think Derek Carr is a welcome addition to New Orleans. Um, 
you know, I think it's going to depend a lot on because unless I'm mistaken, is Kamara not out for week one? Isn't he suspended? Yeah, I think he is. I think, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think Alvin Kamara is suspended. Um, this one, I don't know. I like the Saints here just because they've got Carr. They finally got a, got a, got a quarterback, and I think that's really going to be able to push the Saints over the top in this one. Um, the Titans, you know, they've got a, um, they've got, Henry and Tannehill, but that's really all that I can say much for the Titans that they've got. Um, I think uh, this one, the three, I think you lay it with the Saints. Um, They're at home. They're in front of the home crowd. And just with Henry and Tannehill, I think that's about as much damage as they're going to do. So I like the Saints in this one to cover. I agree. I like the Saints as well. Um, I think they're probably the ones going to get out of that division. Although I did take some preseason bets on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win that division. Um, and now I'm hearing uh, not exactly whispers. I'm hearing they're almost saying it out loud down there that maybe Tampa Bay is tanking this year and looking to uh, draft them a quarterback uh, next year in the draft. I'm not sure what to make of Tampa Bay. They might be one of the worst teams in the league this year. They might be competitive enough to to win that division. Well, let's have to wait and see. They start at the Vikings. Kirk Cousins and company a six-point favorite over under 45 and a half. Um, Baker Mayfield, my guy, he's a starter for the Buccaneers. Not sure what all he has to work with. The Vikings, I don't think they're going to be as good this year. They won a lot of close games. I'm not sure how well they'll compete, but I do think they will win this game. Uh, maybe tease the Vikings down to a pick them, find something else you like to pair that with. Any opinion on that one, Badlands? Yeah, I mean, we're pretty sure that it looks like Mayfield's probably going to get the job over Trask. Um, and, you know, he's got a good offensive line, and the running game's going to be okay. Um, I do think that Minnesota is going to win the game. Uh, I think it's probably going to come down to a field goal, possibly, perhaps, in this game. I do not like Minnesota to cover in this one, but I do like Minnesota. So if I dabble in it, I'm probably just going to say that Minnesota finds a way to eke it out and just take them on the money. All right. Jaguars, who I think are going to be really competitive this year, some reason just a five-point favorite at Indianapolis, who I think is not going to be very competitive this year. That line scares me. I know it's a divisional game and the Jaguars are on the road. This is professional football, but I just feel like they're a lot better than Indianapolis. So I'm going to stay away from that one. Jaguars five over under 45 and a half. What do you like there? I mean, I think you got to go with the Jags in this one. Um, You know, and I actually think the Jaguars are going to win the AFC South. I really do. Um, Trevor Lawrence has got – uh, some help on the way with Calvin Ridley and uh, what's the big Auburn running back they had that was so good. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. So he's got Tank's, Tank Biz, Bigsby okay. and Calvin and Calvin Ridley there now. Um, uh, the Colts have and the – And ATN, Travis ATN. Yep, ATN. He's got them. And what did the Colts have? They've got sorry Anthony Richardson out of Florida. I didn't like the guy when he was at Florida, and I don't like him now that he's in the NFL. I think you rolled the dice with this one. You say that the Jaguars pick up a 
a fairly easy win. This is probably going to be one of the games that if I do bet, I'm going to take this one. I'm going to say Jacksonville gets it done with Lawrence and company with Tank Bigsby in the backfield. I'm going to lay the points and say the Jaguars get it done. The biggest favorite of the week, the Baltimore Ravens uh, host the Houston Texans. The Ravens are 10 over under 44. I think the Texans have got to be somewhat improved this year, even though they had the rookie Stroud at quarterback. Um, they've just had so many high draft choices. They got the uh, arguably the best defensive player and best offensive player out of the draft, or at least the top two in each position uh, last year. They've just got at some point these draft kicks, picks got to kick in for the Texans, you would think. I think they're going to be very competitive this year. The Ravens, however, is my pick to win the AFC. So let's hope they get rolling. Uh, Lamar Jackson, contract in place. They brought him in a few more pieces. The receiving core is the best it's been in years in Baltimore. Uh, I like Baltimore. Let's lay the 10. Let's see if they can rock and roll. But don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if Houston is not much more competitive this year than they have in the last three. My favorite game beyond the first one I mentioned, I love the Steelers. I also love the Browns. Browns are catching, catching points at home. Two and a half. I tell you, buy that hook. Buy that hook and move it up to three. You'll pay a little extra juice, but it'll give you a, a, a little little pillow, a little cushion, so to speak. Bengals, we don't know what we're going to get out of Joe Cool. Uh, first week of camp, he, he hurt that calf, has not worked since then. He's going to be coming in uh, off the street, much like he did last year after the uh, appendix surgery. I think the Browns, uh, they've, they've historically done well against Joe and the Bengals. Uh, in fact, Joe has a losing record against the Browns, and it's a big game for the Browns. Deshaun Watson wanted to say, this is my house. You gave me the big deal, and this is why you gave it. See if he's knocked the rust off. And I think that Browns defense can have something uh, for this Bengals offense, uh, especially if Joe's not 100%. But I think it's the right spot to fade the Bengals. They started slow last year. I don't see any reason why they're going to fire out of the gates this year. And it's a very tough division and almost a must win for Cleveland to start the season at home against their in-state rival. I'll take the two and a half, but if you have an opportunity, go ahead and buy that half. Maybe lay a dollar thirty, dollar forty juice. I think it's worth it in the NFL to have that cushion of a field goal. Badlands, what do you think here? Am I crazy on these Browns, or is Deshaun Watson going to look like twenty nineteen Deshaun Watson? Well, you know, I was talking to one of my good buddies that you got the uh, privilege to speak with about a week ago. He's a big NFL guy over here, and South Haven, and uh, we were talking about it, and he said the who's exact that, same word. Who's that, What's his name, Badland? It is Tony. Give him a he shout is, out. He is Tony, the vape shop guy. He is a huge NFL guy. So vape shop, <laughs> Tony. That's right, vape shop, Tony. So you got to get on the phone with him the other day, and we were talking. Uh, back and forth about what we thought about this NFL season. And, you know, he actually brought up a point that you brought up, which is traditionally Joe Burrow's luck against the Browns is not good and not good at all. Um, the way that uh, they started out last year a little <clears throat> bit on a slow note. And, you know, I think the Browns are, I mean, they're a good competitive team. Um, 
you know, we'll see what happens with Watson and everything. But I love your play here. I think it's the right play. I think you take the Browns catching the two. I think they're going to be ready to jump on them, um, especially if they get a slow start from Burrow. And hopefully they'll be able to keep that um, moving forward. But uh, I definitely like your play here. I think I think you're right on track with that one. Washington Commanders laying seven at home. New owner, same head coach, uh, but they do have uh, they they do have uh, Bienemy over there calling plays for the Commanders. Look good in the preseason, anyway. <laughs> They're hosting the Arizona Cardinals. I would say the new owner really wants to get this win. I would think Riverboat Ryan Rivera wants to get this win, and I think the Arizona Cardinals, when it's all said and done, will be the worst team in the NFL this year. We talked earlier about how we both kind of thought the Vikings would find a way to win. I think it's the same way here. The commanders are finding a way to win. Let's tease that game. Let's tease those commanders down from seven to just minus one, and let's pair them up with the Minnesota Vikings in a pick. We'll say the commanders uh, get it done at home. Atlanta Falcons laying three and a half over Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young. In his rookie debut, first game in the NFL, uh, Falcons, I thought they were uh, pretty awful last year. I don't think they did much to get better this year. I mean, if I were going to play this game, Badlands, I would take the Panthers plus a three and a half. Where do you stand? No, I'm not quite on board with you on this one, and I'm going to tell you why, because I watched a little bit of the Atlanta Falcons in the preseason. If you have not seen what Bijan Robinson can do coming out of the backfield, it is incredible. This dude was making behind-the-back one-handed catches in the preseason and was a monster to bring down. I think Robinson is probably still going to be um, uh, be that guy even in the regular season. And, uh, you know, to compliment him with Desmond Ritter um, and some of the other ones, you know, I think, you know, this is this is a little bit of a trap game. Um, for the Panthers. So, you know, you, you know, I think I got to go with the Falcons here. I like B. John Robinson. You know, Atlanta, if I have a team, that's usually my team. Uh, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that Atlanta just uh, makes a tirade of a run here, but I do like them against uh, Carolina here. Well, you're right. Another another rookie. I should have gave him his props. It's all about Bryce Young, but B. John Robinson. Uh, looking to make his presence felt as well in Atlanta. We're going to grab a quick break. Don't go anywhere. I said united we stand and God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand and God we trust. There is no fear. United we stand and God We're back on Winning Streak Weekly, the podcast. Thanks to our listeners on 101.3 The Buzz, Cleveland, Tennessee, and all our Apple Podcasts and Spotify followers. 
Okay, we're going to wrap up this NFL week, and then we'll recap our both college and uh, our NFL picks. But you know this is a uh, a busy, busy weekend. Be sure to follow our Twitter handles and see our plays on Twitter. Uh, our show Twitter handle, at WStreakWeekly, at WStreakWeekly. Badlands Brandon, he's at Badlands Brandon, at Badlands Brandon. And Big Daddy C1000 is at Big Daddy C1000. Uh, carrying on, now we'll go to the afternoon games on Sunday. Dolphins and the Chargers might be an inter- inter- might be one of the more entertaining games of the weekend. Chargers, a three-point favorite, over under 51. How's Tua going to do out west? Well, I think I think Tua is going to do great again uh, under uh, McDaniel. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of passing in this game. Um, who is uh, what's the guy's name that plays for the Chargers? This wide receiver so good, um, Eckler, Austin Eckler, who is a big yeah, target for that. Austin Eckler is big play for them. Um, I think this game goes. It's going to be a tight game, but I love the over in this. I love the over in this one, 51. I think you're going to see a lot of passing in this game. I think you're going to see a lot of scoring in this game. I'm not real sure about the line. Um, You know, this is week one, so we don't really know what everybody's got. But I think they're both going to score. So I'm just going to go with my gut here and just say take a shot on the over. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that's not the biggest total of the week. I'd put it, I would have hung it at 55, but 51, yeah, fair enough. I would say, uh, why not dabble at the over there? Eagles and the Patriots, you're defending Super Bowl, I mean, you're defending NFC champions, Super Bowl runners up. They go to New England. New England, uh, the Eagles are four point favorite over under 45. I don't think, I don't think. New England's going to be any good this year. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I kind of feel in my bones that you're going to get their best effort this week. I'm going to put my neck out there, Badlands, on this one. I'm going to say Patriots roll it all out there, give you all they got, and they play it within the four points or maybe even pull the upset. I'll take the Patriots plus the four. How about you? Um, to be honest, this is a game that I'm probably going to stay away from. Um, but I will tell you this, the Eagles are looking at a little bit of, uh, youth in their defense and in their secondary. Um, we don't really know yet because it is week one, how that's really going to look. Um, I do agree with you that I think you're going to get the best effort from the Patriots. Um, just not, you know, I think, I think the Eagles win this game. I don't think it's by much, but I do think the Eagles win. But I'm probably not going to play this game. I might get involved in the end game, just depending on how the game's going. I like the Eagles, though, just feet to the fire. But I'm not really going to pull against you on this because I think your thinking is probably right on track. I think you're going to get a good effort from them. Uh, But this one's just too close to call, so I might stay away from this one. 
Green Bay Packers on the road at Chicago Bears. Life after Aaron Rodgers and love. Boat rolls into Chicago. Uh, the Bears are one-point favorite. Justin Fields and company. The Packers have owned the Bears under Rodgers and far too, for that matter. But uh, in the last 20 years, the Packers have absolutely owned the Bears. The Bears will be chomping at the bit to say it's, there's a new sheriff, and uh, I don't know what the Packers really did to get that much better this year. I think it's a pretty even matchup, and that line of one seems about right to me. Over under 42, nothing I can do there. I'm going to lay off of that one, maybe get involved in game uh, if an opportunity presents itself. Rams at the Seahawks. Just found out today, Cooper Cup not playing. Seahawks, five and a half point favorite. Over under 46, Badlands, Brandon. What do you think about this one? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I, you know, we, we, we all know that Arizona is uh, probably going to have one of the worst records. Um, one of the worst records in the NFL, but I honestly don't think the Rams are going to be too far off from them. Uh, I, you know, <clears throat> you know, Sean McVay's doing his best to um, keep everything going and have uh, healthy and reliable people. You know, but let's talk about Seattle and Geno Smith, what he was able to do late last season. Um, to really turn it on and really look like the quarterback that they needed him to be at Seattle. I think that this one, for me, it's a no-brainer. Um, I think they covered the spread in this one. I think with Cup out just hurts um, the Rams case even more. Um, so with this one, I'm going to say that Geno picks up right where he left off, where he left off last season. He jumps back in the saddle and he goes to – gunning that thing all over the field. So let's go ahead and take Seattle in this one and uh, say that they covered the spread in this one. Well, I'm with you. I'm, I think Seattle has the best receiving core uh, in the NFL. One, they're, they're a rookie from Ohio State. He's uh, he's out this game. They're going to kind of play it slow to bring him back in. But that's okay. They got enough weapons without him out there this first week. Um, I use Seattle as my biggest weapon to fade the 49ers. So nothing would please me more than for Seattle to win this game and the 49ers to lose and Pittsburgh, and let's let Seattle uh, already have a quick lead in the division. Um, I think Geno can back up his monumental comeback year last year because he has the offense around him or the playmakers around him to be successful on offense. I'm with you. Let's ride the Seahawks. Raiders at Broncos. Sean Payton, can he revive the experiment of Russell Wilson out of Seattle and into Denver? Uh, the Raiders, they've got, um, uh, what's his name? Not Tony Romo. Uh, uh Quarterback for the Raiders came over from San Francisco. Garoppolo. Garoppolo, the perennial backup. He always is great to have in your back pocket if you start a good start. I don't know if I want him to be my number one, though. I'm going to take uh, Sean Payton and the Broncos here as a small favorite, three and a half. Um, wish it would dip down to get off that 
half and just lay the three. But either way, I think I like the Broncos here hosting the Raiders. Uh, what do you think about Sean Payton? Can he have success in this first game? Yeah, I mean, I like. I mean, I like Sean Payton. I didn't care for the Saints, but I liked him as a coach. Um, you know, this one is kind of an iffy game for me because I think you're going to get a really good effort um, from both teams. So probably my play here would be to tease this game, um, uh, tease it uh, to catching three and a half, find something else you like. Um, I think this game could end up in a shootout. Um, he is going to have success, but I think it may take him a couple of weeks to really get everything dialed in. So my play here would be to find something else that you can tease it, get off that three and a half and get it, um, get it up to catching three and a half. Monday night, and we're going to start off with NFC East slobber knocker. Cowboys travel to, uh, East rushing for the Giants. Giants had a uh, overachieving year last year. Cowboys underachieving year last year. I think the Cowboys are really good this year. And I think Dak's going to have a bounce back year. And I don't. I think bringing Trey Lance in to maybe motivate Dak that 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 maybe there he has to prove again he's a quarterback of the future for Dallas. So be it. On paper, Dallas to me is much better than the Giants, but it is the NFL. It is a conference game, and they are on the road. Conference home dogs traditionally in NFL rule. So I can't lay the three with Dallas. Just can't do it. I have a lot of season-long bets on Dallas. I'm going to hope they win and start out 1-0 and in the NFC East. But I can't lay those points on the road. Over under 46 and a half. Maybe Danny Dimes can throw it around a little bit and we get a, a scoring game on here on Sunday night. I might put a little pizza money on the total. Uh, any strong opinion in the Cowboys and Giants 2023? Well, you know, I think with Cooks and C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott, I do agree with you. I think this is going to be a little bit better year for Dak than it was last year. And if for some reason I'm wrong, you know, it could fall the other way. But with uh, with Danny Dimes and then you got Saquon Barkley um, back there with him, I think this game is going to probably come down to who has the better defense. And I think I've got to give the better defense to the Cowboys. I think, uh, you know, they get a stop late. Um, might be enough to hold off the Giants. Um, I'm not going to jump on the Cowboys train. The only reason is every time, you know, Cowboys get on a run, what do they do in the playoffs? Same thing they do every year. They falter in the playoffs. Um, but in this game, uh, I like the Cowboys to win. That might be the other game that I actually tease. Um, um, <clears throat> tease the Cowboys up um, to plus and then use that with the other game. And I think that might be my play right there. Well, that's one way of doing it. I'm going to sit back, maybe nickel and dime on that over-under, maybe bet something in-game, but um, tough to take it. Tough to, to take a pregame bet on a uh, road favorite in conference so early in the year. And then Monday night, the finale of week one of the National Football League, 
The Buffalo Bills travel to the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers led New York Jets. Um, so here we go. First game. They've got a New York team in the spotlight. Uh, they've got a quarterback in New York now. Can Aaron Rodgers catch lightning in the bottle like Tom Brady did down in Tampa? Uh, the Jets are talented, just as Tampa was. And uh, so Aaron Rodgers steps into a talented group. Can he push the Jets over the hump, get them to the playoffs, and maybe a deep playoff run? Well, me and uh, me and Tony, my buddy you talked to the other day, we were discussing this game at great length, and we, yeah, we actually both agreed what we think is going to happen, and we could be wrong or we could be right. Time will definitely tell. But what I think is going to happen is this right here. I think this is a similar situation for Rodgers that it was for Favre. Uh, when he came back, you know, he go, you know, he went from a team, stayed gone, came back to Minnesota, and what happened? He had an amazing year. Uh, took him all the way to the uh, uh, championship. Uh, fell one game short of the Super Bowl. And I think you're going to get a similar effort out of Rodgers. I really do. I think Rodgers, now that he's outside of Green Bay, they didn't want him there. His team. Uh, wasn't behind him. I think he's got a new team uh, that's going to get behind him, and he's going to prove that he's not just washed up just yet. Um, you know, he won't be looking like Nicholas Cage from Con Air uh, like he did uh, last year. You know, I had to laugh. I've got that picture saved on my phone. It was one of the funniest things I ever saw. They could have passed for stunt doubles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, I think this is a good game. I really do. I like the Jets here. I think the Jets pick up the victory. Um, you know, the Bills are, have had a stranglehold, uh, on that division, but I think, uh, you know, I think the tide might be turning here and I think, uh, Aaron Rodgers might just be exactly what the Jets need. Well, Big Daddy C-1000 agrees with you. His NFL play of the week, he likes the Jets to win outright on the money line on Monday night. I uh, I say not so fast, my friends. Josh Allen might have a little something to say about this. And uh, the Bills might be just a little bit ornery considering the way their season ended with a lackluster effort at home against the Bengals. Then throw in the fact that all the talk this offseason has been about Aaron Rodgers and what will the Jets' future look like. The Bills are going to do all they can to make a statement. So with both of you boys on the Jets, that's plenty enough reason for me to jump, jump, jump on the Buffalo Bills Monday night. Minus that two and a half, or maybe I'll just do the money line opposite of y'all, lay 145, so we can go head up and and see who gets this one right. But I do think the Bills are going to uh, do all they can do to stop the Jets and and, the, and not let them start the season with any momentum. Great Monday night matchup. Exciting. The NFL uh, has given us a very, very good card here for week one. Uh, all right. I'm going to give you Badlands. I'm going to give you Big Daddy C's two pit plays. I'm gonna, and then Badlands, you can give your – 
Monster Blaze of the Week. Big Daddy sees Big Blaze. He likes the Razorbacks. Arkansas laying 38 over Kent State. And he likes the New York Jets on Monday night. Outright winner plus 115. Badlands, what are your big plays for the week? So this one I've had to give just a little bit of thought about because, as you well know, sometimes we change our opinions mid-show. I was actually going to take Arizona catching the eight and a half, but after thinking about it, I like my Bulldogs at home. I think those cowbells will be ringing, and I think they'll be loud. Give me Mississippi State. Give them to me in a parlay with <clears throat> Alabama at home against Texas laying a touchdown and parlay that for a three-gamer with Utah. Utah laying seven and a half. All that right. is my parlay for the week. All right. Alabama and Texas play this week. Somehow none of us brought that game up. Maybe the biggest college game of the weekend. We better jump at that one real quick and take this opportunity to talk about it as we talk about your big parlay. So you like Alabama minus seven over Texas. Sarkeesian comes into town. Uh, they gave Texas, they gave Alabama all they wanted last year at Texas, and now Texas comes in to Tuscaloosa, the more experienced team. You still think Alabama? You saw enough last week against Middle Tennessee to lay the seven. Yeah, as I like to say, suck after dark. Um, uh, or Sarkeesian, suck after dark, because it's going to be getting close to dark. Uh, Quinn Ewers, who I think has looked, he looked good in the first week. I think he's going to be facing uh, that Alabama defense. Now, granted, it's going to be minus Will Anderson, who was a crucial part of that tied defense. Um, but Bryant Denny is an extremely hard place to win. Uh, I don't care what your rank is or anything else, it's a hard place to win. I think um, Alabama wants to prove that Texas doesn't belong to be in Bryant-Denny, even though they will be here um, in another year or two. So I'd like Alabama at home. That's why I threw it in there. But that's my take on that uh, in a three-game parlay. Okay. That last round gives us a three-game three parlay, Mississippi State minus the eight and a half, Alabama minus the seven, Utah, the Utes, minus seven and a half. Heavy jumbo favorites, three favorites in his parlay. And then we'll close out the show with my big plays. Uh, I gave you a teaser on the uh, stability advantage grid. I like Ohio University teased up to plus 11, and Georgia Southern teased down the plus a half or pick them. Uh, Ohio University plus 11, Georgia Southern, and a pick them. And then my big play straight up for the week, uh, maybe my favorite play in a long, long time. I really like Nebraska getting the three points. I feel like the wrong team's favorite here. And uh, let me have those three points. Let me have Nebraska. Hate to pee on your parade, Colorado and Coach Prime. But your week was last week. Matt Rule's week is this week. Give me Nebraska plus some three. NFL, I like the Steelers plus two at home. I like the Browns plus two and a half at home. Uh, a couple of uh, home uh, underdogs. So there you go. Steelers, I think I think they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the 49ers, and I expect Brock Purdy to come back 
just a little bit uh, off of that performance last year. And the Browns, it feels like a must-win for the Browns to me and that coaching staff. They need to get this season off on the right foot. Um, so I'll take the Browns there. That is a wrap. A big show. My voice is almost gone. Uh, we've got college football week three, and we've got NFL week one. NFL week one starts tonight. Tonight, Thursday night. Chargers, I mean the Chiefs, hosting the Lions. Give me the Lions and the points. For Badlands Brandon and Big Daddy C1000, I'm your host, Jason Nall, and it has been our pleasure. Until next time, we are out of here. I said, United we stand, and God we trust. There is.